our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Spring Ball 2021 is in the books on the... First practice, is it? Yeah, first practice, first spring ball practice, where uh, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what it was like out there today, we were, if you guys know where Touchdown Terrace is, that is um, the south end zone, and we were able to... East East practice, east end zone. But um, we had to go above to the top row of that and look down upon the east field practice, and that's where we were able to view practice from. They pretty much exclusively were practicing on that east practice field. And uh, when you're up a little bit higher, there is nothing to shield the wind, and it was a little bit chilly and a little bit windy with the wind coming off the lake, probably low 40s with that wind chill. You know, with the wind coming off, it was uh, pretty chilly out there. But, uh, you know, they were still in shorts. All the, all the guys were still in shorts and short sleeves. So this uh, weather and the chilliness didn't seem to impact them as much as it did us. But, you know, big news of the day, post-practice, uh, Chris, uh, Jimmy Lake had an announcement about Leatu Latu. Tell people a little bit about what Jimmy had to say about Leatu. Uh, basically that um, he suffered a neck injury um, sometime during fall, and um, or at least that's when it was diagnosed or something. I, we don't know exactly the, the when genesis happened, when it actually yeah. happened, but um, that's when the, and he had surgery. That's why he didn't play last year. And they determined that it was in his best interest to retire so that he wouldn't hurt it any more than it already is. So when you, just when you say the words they, it wasn't UW. It's, I mean, from the way Jimmy understood it, they talked to NFL teams and they talked to the, some of the top surgeons and neck specialists throughout the country. And they just it seemed like they couldn't get him cleared. Well, right. If he wants to live a normal life instead of, you know, potentially really ruining his his world because neck injuries you don't want to mess yeah. with so he's still obviously still part of the team still going to graduate still going to do something with the team whether it's as a trainer or as some other part of the team um so he'll he'll still you know do everything he'd normally do he just wouldn't play and practice so um, sad news but but obviously it's in his best interest and we obviously hope that he has really good health moving forward and it doesn't affect him the rest of his life because that's the whole point is to, to shield him from any further injury. Yeah, real good player. Um, you know, with that, he's playing that buck position, defensive end, showed a lot of promise, but is what it is. You know, if you can't play, you can't play. So um, he'll be missed. But a couple of other personnel changes as well, uh, Scott. Yeah, Gilchrist and Kaiser, there was some talk that both of those guys might have a chance to come back. There might be a door open for them to come back and uh, play at the University of Washington. But uh, Jimmy Lake put uh, Quash to that and just said they are both done with the program and wished him well. And, and that, just, just to remind people, there was three 
players that opted out because of COVID last year, and it was Isaiah Gilchrist, Jacob Kaiser, and Taj Davis. Taj Davis is back with the team, and he practiced today, and we can certainly talk a little bit about him because he, I thought he flashed a little bit. Yeah, Isaiah Gilchrist, of course, he's the defensive back, played uh, corner and safety out of Bellevue High School, and uh, not really a surprise there. He seemed to have a tough time uh, denting the depth chart. Jacob Kaiser was a guy who uh, came into the University of Washington with a back back problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with Jacob Kaiser, I think, you know, with his talent, he would have been good, but uh, I have a feeling that maybe some of the injuries that he suffered maybe had a little bit to do with that decision as well. Uh, Might have, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, Some guys are just ready. They just see the writing on the wall and just say, hey, I'm ready to move on to the second part or the next part of my life, next chapter, and they want to close this one. Um, It didn't sound like there was any ill will from the coach. He wasn't upset you know, uh, about how things went down. It sounds like both of them just made the decision to leave and – um, you know, those spots, not to be the, not to be callous or anything, but those spots open up places where other guys can come in and, and make contributions. And when we take a look at what was going on today, even though Washington has their starting quarterback from last year returning in Dylan Morris, there's still a lot of attention on the three, I'm calling them three scholarship quarterbacks out there. Uh, Dylan Morris was running with the ones. It was pretty evident that Patrick O'Brien was running with the twos and uh, 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 Sam Heward was running with the threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and interesting to see Sam uh, line up under center. I think I had talked to uh, Damon and we had talked about it and Sam hadn't taken a snap under center other than maybe to kill a clock and since he was like in peewees, you know, it, it's just, it's been a while for him. So uh, no bad exchanges that I saw. Chris, you did say there was yeah, one, there were a couple. Was, that a, was that under center when he did that? Yeah, there oh, were a couple. Okay. And, and to be honest with you, he wasn't the only one. I mean, there was, in general, there was a lot of sloppiness on the offense, which mm-hmm. we can talk about, drop a lot of drop passes, passes yeah. and things like that. But typical day one stuff. I mean, I don't, you know, everyone's going to get alarmed when you hear that, but it's like, guys, this is literally the first time and they've gotten a chance to play together. And so. it's practice. In yeah. the first bad snap, uh, the left tackle, uh, it, I think half the line moved early on mm-hmm. that. So, you know, whether that was anybody's fault, but. Uh, well, and they were running, they were running in their final period. They were running a, a drill where they were going, it was a full team. 11 on 11 and they were trying to score with a limited clock and they get to a third and short and Jalen Million pops offside and the whole defense goes nuts and you could tell the offense was I mean it just they're working out the kinks clearly yeah when you take a look at those three quarterbacks Dylan Morris looked like Dylan Morris today and then Patrick O'Brien the thing that stood out most about him is he's a big dude and then you know Sam Sam's got to put some weight on. He's uh, about 190 pounds. He'll naturally fill out and get bigger. But, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of growth to do there. But, you know, that delivery he has. Oh, it's pretty. I mean, it's just, I I equate it to Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing. It's, I mean, he's that pretty when he throws the ball. Absolutely. He looks, it's a a beautiful ball coming off. I, I remember talking to one of our old friends, Johnny DeRocher. Uh, we were talking about left-handed quarterbacks, and he said there is nothing prettier than a well-schooled left-handed quarterback. For whatever reason, it just looks different coming off of their hand than it does on a lot of than right-handed guys who are just as talented and just as skilled. It so. just looks so effortless. Yeah. I mean, it just looks like 
you know, he's lobbing the ball, which he is a lot of yeah. the time. But, you know, he's pl- I mean, he's spinning the ball, tight spiral. But, uh, you know, he had his moment, too. And I asked Jimmy Lake, he had an interception. Um, is that more of a mistake on his end? Or is this like, holy crap, you know, mm-hmm. because Zion got him. And yeah. he's never faced anybody Two, like that. 280 pounds getting up probably showed off of what, mid-30s vertical to get up. And well, I'm telling you, that's it, you know, UW football will post some tweets and they'll do some practice stuff and they'll do a little highlight real stuff if they did not if they were not running video when zion made that pick it's unfortunate because at 280 pounds he flashed some real hops and it was Mm -hmm. it was one of those classic ones where he's you know he's playing along the line he kind of sneaks up and then all of a sudden the quarterback's going to throw the ball and he is literally just right there i mean Mm -hmm. he is almost in his face and uh, it was an cr- incredible snag. It was one of the – definitely, to me, it was the highlight of the practice. Yeah, I was trying to get out of Jimmy whether that was a mistake and he was mad at Sam or if he kind of snickered a little bit because, you know, I know you haven't seen this before, but uh, uh, kind of – it was funny. But it was great to see Sam out there. But, you know, give me your impressions. I know we didn't really have that much live out there today, but Patrick O'Brien, what did you see, Scott? Um, I saw a guy who stands tall in the pocket. Uh, he – he moves really well. Uh, didn't see him throwing the run real well um, when it's he very deja yeah. vuish to me because of you oh, know there weren't ten. Yeah. He's Eason. I mean, yeah. he's basically looked like Jacob yeah, Eason. He did. He did. I mean, he's essentially um, he's essentially Jacob Sermon out there from a body standpoint. Six five, two hundred and forty, two hundred forty five pounds. Big kid can do a lot of different things. Um, has has experience and uh, all those kind of things. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how he. Uh, handles things. Um, Dylan Morris, I thought he looked pretty good uh, throwing the ball around. Uh, very compact throwing motion. Um, all all three of the quarterbacks looked really good throwing the ball uh, for the most part. I mean, there were some mistakes. They they made some bad reads, but for the most part, I I thought the quarterbacks were okay. The slot, a lot of the sloppiness that I saw. I mean, there was the overthrow from Dylan Morris that got picked, but um, you know, other than that, it was almost all um, maybe a, a drop by a. Uh, um, a uh, wide receiver, running back, tight end, or it was, um, or it was just a great play by one of the defensive backs or DNs. Or yeah, to me, to me, it was a lot of drops today. Yeah, a lot of drops. Yeah, just you know, Chris, we're so used to seeing Dylan Morris and what he did, and he was just being Dylan, you know. And the new guy was Patrick O'Brien, and of course, Sam Muir. Just your take on the two new guys. Well, yeah. Again, like I said, I even posted on the board. I said it, it was there was some very deja vuish moments today with with. O'Brien looking like Jacob Eason or Jacob Sermon, but to me it was ten. It was Eason, you know. He was he was looking like number ten out there, and then with um, with Heward, I mean, he just again going back to what Scott said and and, and to echo what Johnny uh, DeRocher was saying. I mean, you see you see the righties throw the ball, and then all of a sudden you you see him throw the ball in the same routes because they're a lot of times they're just running same routes and same drills, and it just looks different, and it just it, it pops in a different way. And it just, for whatever reason, it looks pretty. It just looks pretty when he's doing it. And there were a couple throws where clearly, like the Zion throw, where, um, you know, they're trying to work. They're trying to work short, intermediate, long routes. I mean, they're trying to do everything to try to get everything going. Jimmy Lake talked about it today. Um, one of the things that they've really emphasized, um, they, they just want to go ton of reps, ton of reps. Like, there's no standing around. They just want to go reps, reps, reps. And so they're they're throwing it to all different levels, and you could see you know some some situations where it was he could he found some things very easy, 
and then he was looking for some other things and got really confused. And a lot of times it wasn't just him too because another thing that Jimmy Lake said, Kim, right off the bat, was this was because there was no spring ball in 2020, this was the first spring ball for well for almost half the team or well over half the team. And you could see it. I mean, there were guys running into each other on routes. There was, I mean, defensive backs were running into each other in routes. And it was just sometimes there was a lot of mass confusion. But with the quarterback specifically going back, um, again, first day, mixed bag. But, boy, you can see the potential. And the three guys you call the three scholarship quarterback, the three-headed monster type thing, you can see all three of those guys have the potential to run this offense and run it and run it they well. Belong. All yeah. three of them along. But, you know, even, you know, when we saw some good things from the quarterbacks, there were some turnovers too, some uh, interceptions, yeah. Scott. Yeah, so one of the interceptions um, wasn't really Patrick O'Brien's fault because he threw a pass to Taj Davis, but he bobbled it, and uh, Alfonso Tupatala ends up snatching it out of the air and going, that was the first pick of the day. So first horn of the day was to him. Then uh, Dylan Morris has the overthrow to – um, I, uh, we think we, we, we think thought it, it might have been Gunzi, Rome. We but, thought it was yeah, Rome, maybe. We think it was Rome, but we're not. A, it's, it's from be, our vantage point. It's kind of tough. Yeah, to Jalen McMillan was running the route over route, and yeah. I think it was Rome that was coming short. And I think Dylan was trying to get over a linebacker or over mm-hmm. a, de- a defensive back, and it got it got picked off by, by James, James Smith. Smith. Yeah, who who boy does he look the part man he if he can come out there and play he he's pretty good he well, looks you, pretty good you made the you made the observation scott and i think it was right on that you know you see him wear 27 and who was wearing 27 when yeah. he first started out was Keith Taylor yeah. and he looks a lot like Keith Taylor yeah so um and then uh, the last one we already kind of talked about the ZTF pick so all three quarterbacks had a pick today but i think overall from their standpoint, it wasn't that bad of a day. I mean, obviously, we don't know the play calls. We don't know the reads and, and everything like that. But, yeah. um, you know, I thought the quarterbacks for their first time out, especially uh, Sam Heward with his first time throwing against college defenses, I thought all of them looked relatively good today. Yeah, I think, I think they got a lot accomplished. Mm-hmm. But a, there was a lot that was not clean mm-hmm. at all. Um, Offensive line, a little bit of mix and match there. Don't know if that always was, is. Always yeah, is in the yeah. Spring. Talk a little bit about the mix and matches on the offensive line, Chris. Well, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say real quick. I mean, the the first teamers are, are first teamers. So you've got basically you've got Jackson Kirkland and Vic Kern on, at the tackles. You got MJ Ale. You got Henry Bainavalu at the guards, and then you've got Luke Wattenberg coming back at center. So that that first line looks really really tight. But now all of a sudden you got some movement on the second line. From what we saw, we saw Corey Luciano. Taking reps at the second center, um, you know I think and you know, Mateo Mele and Mateo Mele, but Mateo Mele was working out at right tackle as well. Um, so you had some movement there. Obviously, I think they really, really like Troy Fautanu at the left tackle uh, too, and they like Nate Kalepo at left guard. I think they like Julius Bulo at the right guard position as well. But there was some mu- movement at the center spot, and then Garen Hatchett taking mm-hmm. reps at the at center as well, which is something I don't. I don't know if we were expecting, but um, I don't know if I was expecting it now. But I do know um, from talking to him and his dad that they told him to be ready to play guard or center when he showed up here. Now he's been here for a year and a half, or I guess a year or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I think Miles Murrell got some work as the right guard with right. the second unit as well. So Bulo is in there. That I think he's probably the number one second right guard but 
I think Miles Morales, they want to get him on. They want to see about getting him on the field somewhere. That's what I was going to say. What I was going to say is by, by not seeing as much of him at center, I think they're really trying to, to, to find a place for him. And I think they probably really like what he could possibly do behind Henry Benavalu. Mm-hmm. That's what I, it's, at least that's what it's looking at at first practice. But again, long, can't, long can't make any yeah. hard and fast uh, yeah, the, rules about these for, things. For people who haven't been out at spring practices or even some fall practices, at least early on, Man, Scott Huff and the guy before him, Chris Strauser, and then I think Kalepo – or not Kalepo, uh Cazetto. Cazetto <laughs> did that a lot too when he was here. They just mix and match guys. They throw them in at different positions. I think part of it's trying to stress them and say, hey, you need to go in there and play on an opposite side. How are you going to handle it? Because that might happen in a game. And they want to put these guys under stress and see how they react to it, but also see, okay – Henry Bainavalu and Vic Kern are pretty good but together. But is Bulo good with Kern if, if we have to sub out Henry Bainavalu? Or is Miles Morale going to do better with? You know, so they're, they're just trying to see different mix and match and see who fits better where. I think the first unit, offensive line, I don't think that's going to change at all until, we, until the end of the season and then when guys leave or whatever. But I think you could see some stuff – where where guys some of the guys down the depth chart do work with the first unit just to see how they handle things. Yeah. Clearly I think they really like Luciano. Mm-hmm. I mean I think they, they clearly think he's a smart guy. They think he can run it, be the quarterback of that offensive line. I think that's pretty clear. The other thing too is I'm pretty sure I saw the all fre- the all redshirt freshman line. I think I'm pretty sure I saw it, which meant that Hatchet would be at center and then you had morale at right guard, but then you had guard Memelar at left guard. And then the two tackles would have been Rosengarten at left tackle and Peacock at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So I think I saw that. I'm pretty sure. With the fours, yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting if we see Corey Luciano. Uh, he's put on uh, put the weight back on because they were using him as a tight end out of need. It'll be interesting to see if they use him at that spot at all as that extra blocking tight end and possibly even put him in the backfield since he's done a little, little bit. But uh, MJ Ale, guys. 365 pounds <laughs> with uh is it are his calves as big as my head probably surprise me i hey ben, henry benavalu had a clear out block on somebody on a linebacker that came right up the middle or i'm sorry Tuli uh came right uh, free right up the middle benavalu comes off of his guy just hammers him and caleb caleb berry cuts right off of it and goes right up the middle for about 20 yards so yeah. very impressive watching henry benavalu i've said it before been saying it for a while Henry Bainavalu, from everything I've talked to different people that have been around the program for a long time, he could be the best – well, he's definitely the most talented lineman in the, on the, in the program right now. But some of these guys have been telling me he's a top five from a talent standpoint, offensive lineman to ever play in this program. I think that's saying a lot. I think we have a new candidate from for the uh, go home and burn all your shirts because you don't need to wear one. Dominique Hampton looks mm-hmm. huge. Six two two twenty man, just big dude. They're dropping him down in the box as a safety. He he looks like he's made the move to safety, although it's really hard to tell. I didn't see him line up at yeah, corner at all. I didn't see him at corner at all either. So I mean, it looks like Gordon and, and McDuffie are your two outside corners right now. But uh, man, Hampton looks big. He looks physical. Likes to come up and play uh, guys. Cam Williams was was covering the slot a little bit too when they went to different formations and everything like that. So, yeah, but Dom Hampton, 
big guy. Does he look like they're going to play him a little bit like they did Zeke Turner and yes. Uh, JoJo? Yes, I think that's probably. He's bigger than JoJo. He is. He's bigger than JoJo, and he's about the same size as Turner. And, yeah, I mean, when you can have that guy, you know, can cover mm -hmm. and that size and play basically a safety, you can line him up on the line. I mean, he can do. He can be a real versatile guy. He could be a key to this defense. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um it was interesting because, you know, you, you're looking at some of the newcomers. You want to see how Jeremiah Martin looks. You want to see how Bookie Radley-Hiles looks. You know, I, we were talking about Bookie Radley-Hiles. He certainly looks like he just fits right in mm -hmm. to what they're doing in terms of what Miles Bryant was all about, um, Elijah Molden, those kind of guys. So it was good to see how he fit in right away. But just in general, the, the defensive backs, um, you know, Asa Turner, Cameron Williams, um, you know, Jacoby Covington back there. I mean, I think that that safety group is starting to establish itself quite a bit. Um, it was good to see guys like um, James Smith and Elijah Jackson. We, you know, again, the redshirt freshmen, you wonder how they pop. I thought they both had a really, had a really nice practice. They seem to stand out to me. Um, but Cameron Fabicolani out there as well. I was, it was curious because the first time I saw really the first team defense line up, it was Kyler Gordon on the one side, but then it was uh, Cameron, it was Kinchin mm -hmm. uh, on the other side, and I was thinking, well, where, where's uh, Trent McDuffie? And he was over on the other on the other side of the field working with another group. But then when they came out and they were really showing the ones, it was definitely McDuffie and Gordon mm -hmm. out wide, that, as you would have expected. And we all see things differently at practice, and we all tend to notice things different because we're doing other work as well. But is it me, or did I see more of Cam Williams and uh, Dominique Hampton than I did Asa Turner? Yes, you're right on that. Asa Turner got some run with the ones, but it was very little compared to those two. And that might just be some things that they're working on. I wouldn't yeah. read too much into it, but it's, it's definitely some practice. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on that and see. But I don't same, know. same with Alex Cook. I mean, he just, again, like I was telling people on the message board, I didn't necessarily think Terrell Bynum had a, a real super standout practice, but he's there, he's present. And no one's going to doubt that he's the number one receiver right now. They're just guys. Certain guys pop and certain guys don't on certain days. And, and again, probably not best to read too much into it. Depends on what they're trying to do. I mean, they may be trying to get looks at guys, uh, try different looks, try different schemes, and, you know, just try different packages. Because, you know, we're, you know I always talk about, you know, starters at times don't really matter. It depends on the package because they have – offensive packages and defensive packages and just because you're not starting or in on one package it doesn't mean a whole lot especially on day one yep. of spring ball so um talking about the running backs a little bit uh, <laughs> uh jimmy had to pull one back a little bit today yeah, which was which, kind of funny which i think more than anything he's like yes yeah but <laughs> it's the but, one where you're saying no on the outside yeah. and in the inside you're doing handsprings yes, because yeah. you know uh, well jimmy said that he'd much rather have to pull guys back than to get them energized and and all that uh jv on sunday man just he ran he was running where other guys were running what would you say three quarter speed yeah probably most of the time yeah um he was going 100 he was going 100 miles an hour 100 percent all the time and uh, he broke through the line had a really really nice run and then cam williams came up to just you know, give him the wrap up and say, "Hey, plays over." And he lowers his shoulder right into him. You hear some pop. He and got his he got his helmet under yeah. Cam Williams' chin. Yeah, with the, I, I so he had a little bit of uh, fu behind it. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, Cam Williams did not take too kindly to it. He he got right up in his face, and the coaches were like, "Hey, let's just break it up. You know, let's move on." Um, don't want any of the thing where the guys have to hold hands as they go around the 
They but again, it's a, it's, a day, it's a day one observation yeah. where you feel like there's a guy who's trying to make a statement mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just when you've got seven scholarship running backs there and all of them look good. I mean, I even thought I thought Sam Adams mm-hmm. looked I thought great, he looked too. really good, yeah. And I'm not saying even Sam Adams, but I'm just saying when you go back and even the redshirt freshmen are looking at when you've got two fifth-year seniors that are leading the line. Um, well, I guess it's, you know, with, with, no, with no Richard Newton there today – um, I guess it would have been the six guys, but when all six of those guys look like they're doing a pretty good job and, and handling their business, it takes some, a little something special for a guy to stand out. And I thought JV on Sunday definitely did that today. Also, we had some transfers that uh, made impressions today. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. Bookie, um, Brendan Ryan, Bradley Hiles. Bradley um, he sure looks the part. And then, you know, uh, Quentin Moore, the transfer in. But uh, No, 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 no. So the four transfers are uh, uh, Brendan Radley Hiles from Oklahoma, Jeremiah Martin from Texas A&M, uh, Jalen Polk from Texas A&M, and then Patrick Texas O'Brien. Tech. Or Texas Tech, sorry. Texas Tech and then Patrick O'Brien from Colorado State. I'm just used to calling them JC transfers. Yeah, no, these are these are transfers in from other yeah. schools. So, so technically, you're right. He is a, he is he is a, a transfer, transfer, just not from. A, I mean, but we're talking about the four year guys that, right. that transferred in. We've already talked about Patrick O'Brien looks the part. Jeremiah Martin ran him with the number ones across from, uh, opposite uh, Ryan Bowman. Um, granted, uh, ZTF got in there quite a bit too with the ones, and um, but yeah, I, I thought Jeremiah Martin just. I mean, that guy looks so physically ready to go. Who knows if he's going to be effective, but from a look standpoint, he looked like the guy. Jalen Polk was running with the twos. He looked okay. I didn't really see any flashes from him. Um, yeah, but, it just looked solid. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. for, for a situation where there were a lot of drops today and stuff, I didn't see that coming from him. And then, and then the last one would be um, was uh, Radley Hiles, and I thought he, he definitely looked the part. He, lo- he was directing guys around. Yeah, the thing about the Randley Hiles that stood out, you know, just uh, physically, he's not the biggest guy, but he's thick, has kind of a Chico McClatcher, maybe a little bit taller build than that, but uh, he's a little bit thicker, but boy... He brings the energy and the passion sure out does. there. I mean, that's. I think that's the thing. It's hard to take your eyes off him because he's so energetic. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. So, uh, any before we wrap this up, we're getting invaded here a little bit. But no, just uh, one thing. Just uh, there, not too much special teams work to talk about, but we can talk about. They, there were some punt returners. Um, you know, we were, would expect Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon to get in there. Um, but it also looked like Taj um, Taj Davis, Roma Dunzi was a part of it as well, and Jalen and Jalen McMillan. So um, and, you know, just those guys. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Peyton Henry hit the thirty-four yarder in the only one that we saw. Yeah, I mean, we had to leave early to get to the place where we do the post game. So we don't have practice. crossover. With yeah, so we don't players. have the post practice interviews. So we yeah. So we miss probably the last 10 minutes of practice. So we don't know if anything else happened, but um, Peyton Henry did hit a, the one field goal that we, uh, that we saw. All right. Uh, quickly, last-minute thoughts, Scott. First day of practice, it was fun being back out here. Feels like normal <laughs> a little bit. Um, without the masks, it would be even better. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it looked okay. There was some sloppiness, but hopefully that gets cleaned up. Quickly, Chris, we're getting invaded. <laughs> no, it just, I just think that it, overall it was, it was a day where you'd see a lot of mixed – bag type stuff a lot of drops a lot of false starts and stuff like that but there were also some really good plays and a lot of places where, where they flashed out like ztf's pick for instance um so yeah so again as you would expect on day one and and they'll clean that up and they'll come back on friday uh, even 
more ready to go, I guess. Good to be back out at football. Just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. Again, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line to, uh, newsletter. Also, just 50% off our introductory for annual subscriptions. So uh, those who aren't subscribers or using somebody else's password, no better time than now. Lots of spring football coverage coming up very soon. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, go Ducks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.